All right, welcome, buddy, book club. I'm Dylan here with my halfophobic crewmate, Keith. What's up, buddy? The what now? Halfophobic. You're not familiar? No, enlighten me. Dirty hands. Dirty hands is halfophobic. Doesn't like to be touched. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't know that was the uh, technical term for it. Yeah, and, and that's correct, right? Wouldn't you consider yourself somewhat halfophobic? Don't like to be touched? Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with that. All right, well, here at the Buddy Book Club, we're breaking down some bestsellers, and this week we're headed to the Geishaverse and diving into Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. If you'd like to recommend a book for us to read or reach out to us about any past episodes, you can visit our website, buddybookclub.com. Actually, there's great content there as well, so definitely check it out. Or sign to our DMs on Twitter or Instagram. The handle there is Buddy Book Club Podcast. You can listen to us on iTunes and Spotify, so please download and subscribe. So like I said, we're doing Six of Crows this week. It's pretty much about a cohort of wily teens that endeavor to get rich by capturing a scientist from one of the most impenetrable places in the world. The Rock. Yeah. (laughs) Well, there is a point where um, Inej climbs up the tower. They're like, how are we going to get out of this place? And I was like, please tell me they're going through the furnace. Like, just you got to get the timing (laughs) right, you know? And they pretty much did. They went through like the stack as opposed to the rolling through the furnace, Sean Connery style. Well, we do have a reader email that alludes to another movie about that very scene. So I'll, I'll save it for that. Oh, okay. Well, well, I'm excited. Well, let's get right into it then and jump into some stock up, stock down. Six of Crows, stock up. What do you got? Stock up kickboards. So okay. I'm not sure how familiar you are with kickboards, D-Man. Have you, have you ever partook in using one of those? I, I was a mediocre swimmer back in that day. Yeah, I mean, I learned how to swim at the local YMCA. Okay, yeah, so you use kickboards. Yeah, of course. Whenever you had the kickboard, though, there was already, like, someone that had used it earlier in the day, and it was, like, spongy oh, yeah. and stank, like, chlorine, and sometimes you get the one that it was kind of chewed on, a child was on it or something. Yeah, that might just be the wear and tear, but yeah, yeah I, I also thought found them, you know, to be quite edible so they were reprehensible to me but uh (laughs) but go on what do you got about kickboards i didn't care for them i wasn't a big kicker in my day what i did find in this book is that they are very valuable in terms of saving lives so (laughs) oh my god if you recall Kaz is uh, we're starting off dark to start Kaz's brother and him get thrown into the bay or whatnot and with all these dead bodies and the only way Kaz is able to go out is by using his dead brother as a kickboard to kick his way and float his way back yeah. to the dock. So, yeah, I never thought that would come in handy, but uh, kickboards and uh, Kaz's dead brother, stock up. Fairly genius by him. I mean, although, you know, using the bloated body of your brother is fucked. But, uh, yeah, that whole scene was just crazy in general, where it's just like a floating barge of dead bodies. I mean, you can only imagine... You know, the setting of this book is Amsterdam, pretty much in the, like, Dutch shipping era. She does a good job of, like, bringing stuff from the past, but also, like, kind of blending time periods. Mm -hmm. But there is some truth to it. But obviously, with that comes disease and plagues. You get a port city. So I, I like how she worked that in there in terms of how Kaz, a.k.a. Dirty Hands, got his origin story and also his name. But yeah, that's fucked up. You just see like the lights of the city. It's like, all right, the only way I'm getting back is if I grab this body and use it to float myself back. Ugh. Pretty dark. It is kind of funny. There are definitely a lot of YA elements in this book. And then you have like that 
Or you have like him at some point like breaking a guy's arm off. Hey, oh, don't step on the lead. My first stock up YA novels. Okay, there we go. No longer are fun little novels featuring innocent young folk the focus <laughs> of YA. You know, now you can have these bloated bodies or you can have a teenager eye gouging another person. Like Kaz just gouges that guy's eyes out in front of everyone is like wait what the fuck is or excuse me he gouges one eye and threatens to gouge the other one if he doesn't give him information it was like oh shit so i mean we have this i feel like red rising was pretty graphic wouldn't yeah, you say red rising was not a ya book i don't know how that gets thrown in there i mean i feel like the mark to go past it is like oh this is fucked up is like ender's game where there's like fights and shit like that there are like broken arms and stuff like that but it's never as you recall, though, Ender's Game in most YA books, my biggest pet peeve are they, like, when they start whining, you know, which which this book didn't really have a lot of that at all, which same thing with Red Rising. I just hate when they're like, everything's bad. I just rather than be like, let's go kill everyone. I'm like, yeah, yeah, there wasn't a like, woe is me vibe. It was a pull yourself up by your bootstraps vibe. I mean, there was a lot of like Oliver Twist ish elements to this. Please, sir, may I have some more? Was that, <laughs> yeah, was that exactly. Oliver Twist or is that? I do anything. It is that one. Yeah. yeah. Annie, is that the same thing? <laughs> no, but Annie? different. But similar? Yeah, same, same, but different. But, you know, it's like no one's going to do it for you. You got to do it for yourself. And that's what it's like in the barrel. That's what happens. Uh, so, yeah, YA books. You keep it like this. You know, I'm, I'm going to support it. What else do you have for stock up? Rallying cries, stock up. I mean, there's a, they're already pretty high. You got your, and I'm sure I'm going to miss a lot, but clear eyes, full heart, can't lose. Where, where are you, D-Man? Where, where oh, are we I, here? I, I, I actually thought our audio Jesus went out. Jesus I thought Christ. our audio went out. Oh, I, I, I thought was you were going to finish me off. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, hold on. That's for later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you always finish me off, so I don't know <laughs> what you're doing here. We are Marshall, all for one, one for all. I know there's just a bunch of these rallying cries that like they stick Freedom, with you. Braveheart, so good. Yeah, that's not. I feel like that's not like a saying that people can. You know, like it's not repeatable. Like I, I like something where it's like, all right, we're going off to this. It's like, you know, get get money. You know, yeah, you got me something. Thinking. Get rich or die trying. You know, something like that. Like, you know, something good. But the their one I really actually liked as well is uh, no mourners, no funerals. I I really like that saying, and it's just like uh, they're like, all right, boys, let's go get it, or girls, let's go get this. No mourners, no funerals. That, mm. that, that always got me amped up anytime I, I heard them say that. That just means you're about to get action, you know? So big, big stock up for Rallying Cries. Not that they, they needed it, but uh, I'm a big fan. Which one resonates with you the most? Clear Eyes, Full Hearts, Can't Lose is, is by far the number one. And that's from Friday Night Lights, for those I don't know. If you haven't seen Friday Night Lights, it's Thanksgiving weekend. Go binge it. It's more YA than this book. Oh, <laughs> so. yeah. It's, but it's a good show. It's not like a CW show. You know? No, it it has some CW elements. Let's be of honest. Course, of but course, of I course. Mean, I'm, I'm not, you know. Honestly, everyone in the show, you want to bang. You know, that's part of the matter. I also watched it when I was younger. If we watched it now, we'd be like, oh, those people are like 16. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Check yourself before you wreck yourself. You remember Jennifer Love Hewitt? That was my number one when I was growing up. Yeah, Can't Hardly Wait. <laughs> yeah, so I rewatched Can't Hardly Wait. And uh, my girlfriend looked up. She's like, yeah, she's 17 in this. You still think that? I'm like, damn it. Uh, <laughs> wow, good for her acting at 17 like that. <laughs> her acting chops are great in that so i'm just saying yeah i just respected her as an actress i mean you could say ghostwriter or something else that she did later on she did ghostwriter not ghost rider ghost writer ghost writer nick cage kid <laughs> <laughs> my next talk up is negging 
So for those not familiar, negging is the practice of giving backhanded compliments and generally making comments that express indifference towards another person in attempts to seduce them. Jesper negs hard, hard on Waylon. I'm surprised Waylon didn't pick up his ball and leave during the whole forming of the crew situation because Jesper just like wouldn't give him a break. And also Waylon's got a lot to offer, <laughs> you know, like why are you shit talking this dude yeah he might not be the best demolitions expert out there but the guy can draw he's like a picasso he's a wordsmith he's a linguist he's got it all waylon instead of calling jesper a total dick and just not being interested he's like all right jesper let me see <laughs> yeah, that it works <laughs> let me let me see that pistol you got you know what i'm saying <laughs> so yeah good for them good couple I think I'd be down to have them at a dinner party. I like that. I see a lot of myself and Waylon as well, just in terms of not being able to read. And also, you know, no, that's it. That's the only thing. <laughs> well, and you being from Wayland, which is oh, very yes, close to Wayland. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, there we go. I also kind of like the name Waylon, you know? Yeah. I don't like the, the spelling. You got to do the, the real spelling there. Or Wyland. Is it, wait, it's Wayland, right? Uh, it's Wyland. Oh, is it? <laughs> yeah. Did you not listen to the audiobook? I did, and just stupid. Stock down, what do we got? Six of Crows. Con men, stock down. Yeah, I, I know we've talked about con men a lot. I, I kind of love me some con men. I yeah, love the well, con game. Our stock's high on con men. Wrote, wrote a blog on it, but what happened to Kaz's brother is literally my worst nightmare. If that happened to me... I just would not be able to recover mentally just because I wouldn't be able to get over getting one up to like that or one over like that, especially if you like think of yourself as someone that's, you know, can sniff that stuff out. That type of shit would be my worst nightmare. It really would be. And it kind of reminds me what I did with the stock market this year. So that's also that where last year I was like, oh, it's up 20 percent. I should put all my money in it. That's basically what the con men did to him is just like, oh, now all your money's gone. So don't do that. Same thing with betting, where I've been betting well, and then I actually put money onto it, and I started being terrible. So that's how it works. Everything's <laughs> a con in this world, is what I'm getting to. All right. Well, I got so much to say. One, get out of my head, because our stock downs are way too similar. Two, did you do this whole stock market push like after the whole COVID, everything ramped up, so you like bought in at the highs, and now they're <laughs> low, low? I was like, all right, I got to put more money into the stock market because I just have it all in my savings account. Yeah, getting same. deep. But no, anyways, no, I'm, I'm there with you. I get it. Yeah. So I put it in last year. I I don't even look at shit. I just put stuff in and I don't look at it. I come back at the end of the year doing taxes. I see it's up 20%. I only put a small amount in. What am I doing getting 0.05% interest yeah. in my bank account? Put all of my money oh, into no. it. Just looked at it. I'm at negative 16%. So oh, okay, that's not too bad. I did that too. And like, as I was saving up to buy my house, wasn't paying rent because I was like living at my parents place. I was putting in two grand a month into the stock market. And it was just like going up, up, up. I was like, Oh, this is this is great. It's this free, is free money. money. It's free, literally free money. And now I looked back and it's literally all that money is just gone. It's like the South Park episode, put my savings account in the stock market up oh, and it's gone. It's like, wait, where, where did it go? It's like, no, no, it's gone. One of my stock downs is playing the stock market. You know, we're what we're alluding to is, you know, Mr. Hatsune gives the insiders tips to Kaz and Jordy. And hey, it's a good con in the sense you give them some small wins and then you make them drop, drop the load on you and then you just pick up and leave. <laughs> Sounds like my Friday night, but uh, go on. <laughs> yeah, but I was confused. So is this Mr. Hetzun? Is that um, Pekka Rollins? Pekka Rollins, yeah. Oh, okay. So that's just Pe his like alter ego. Because I kind of thought the like, Pekka Rollins was younger, 
but obviously Mr. Hatsune would have to be older if he was like playing this this person. But I mean, I'm with you. I would I don't even know what I would do if I got conned like that. But let's also talk about Kaz here. It's like after that point, he's like, one, my whole focus in life is revenge, which we love. We love any character that's just like focused on, I don't care about anything else besides drive. absolutely screwing this guy over. And even at the end when he like <laughs> saves, it turns out he saved Pekka Rollins from like the prison cell because he wanted to like fuck him over on his terms. <laughs> the Fjordans can't do it. It has to be me. This is like you're playing Mario Kart in the uh, the dirt path racetrack and someone lightnings you off the jump and you just say, okay. Yeah. Every single thing I'm doing now, I'm holding the blue shell until you're in first. I'm doing every single thing I can to fuck you over now. Yeah, it's I'm parking with my triple red shell and I'm waiting for you to come by me. Yeah, exactly. Which I respect. But the only thing is at the end of the book, so he does everything so far to like, he's always got the backup plan. He's always one step ahead. But mm-hmm. then it seemed kind of like the last plan. Nope, that's actually not the guy's kid, whatever the scientist's name's kid was. It's actually Wylan. And then he still gets fucked over. But also, he's like, you wrote all those nice letters to your son. But is that enough to think that he still won't kill his son for literally the most important drug or whatever in the world? Like, this guy's a um, an oligarch, builds power and money and obviously not down with his son anyways it just seemed like a weird insurance card to have wylan who was kicked out of his house pretty much well they weren't giving him anything they need to get the money though how are you going to get out of here with your money because that's the whole point every italian job trapment all that stuff it's like how are you going to get out of here with the money and it just seemed like he wasn't prepared there's actual like magic going on in this geisha verse And you don't have any of that on your side, really. So how do you think you're going to get out? It just seemed like it wasn't a great plan by Kaz. Good. Jasper's two pistols. We're good. We're fine. (laughs) He's got a rifle, too. But yeah, it it just, it seemed like he he was like, oh, how did I miss this? How did I get fucked over? It's like, bro, how did you Well, I can see see the merchant-centered thing, or the merchant council thing. That's basically like you're getting the sign-off from the government. So... The fact that they would turn around. He, he just thought that was official business. Yeah, but it's a shady government. I don't know. It seemed a little it seemed a little crazy. But my other stock down, because we were talking about it, was gambling. Because, you know, you said, talked about your bets. And, you know, maybe it's not for everybody. Jesper, he has to join in on a life-threatening heist just to pay off his own gambling debts. I mean, I want to take a quick minute just to talk about bankroll management. It's it's a pretty simple premise. If you can't afford it, don't get into it, right? I think we're talking about addictive. Oh, I under I understand. If you can't stop doing cocaine, you should just probably, you know, stop doing it. <laughs> well, yeah, I understand. And if and if you do have a, that with gambling, listen to any football podcast and there's 5 minutes of ads at the beginning for the Kansas helpline, the New York helpline, every single friggin' helpline. <laughs> that, that's really, you think, the solution? Yeah, of course it is. I don't. You're like, addicted to meth? Just listen to the commercials about it. Jeez, what's wrong with you? Well, for starters, in general, Jesper wouldn't have gotten this hole if he just had a little bankroll management. You know, play what okay. you got. It's real money, it's hard earned money. Don't go and just start blowing it playing three-card Monty. Have a little angle. He's also just a terrible card player. 
So, yeah, that's that's the problem. Yeah, is like you know, he he doesn't like take an ego hit, which you need as a gambler, where you just have to sit back and say, "Why am I so stupid?" Yeah, you I know, respect that I he bad? does own it though. He's just just like, you know what? There's not a card game I don't want to get into. It gives him that feeling of you know, it's basically a drug for him. Which um, me too. I was betting on the World Cup nonstop since it started. <laughs> yeah. I'm... Well, we're deep. We're deep into it. We know those things. Yeah, we're we're researching it. So I'm only down three figures this week. Um, what else did you ever stock down? Stock down. Shit rolling downhill. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> okay, so shit rolls uphill. Is that what you're saying? Oh. Yeah, I'd I'd much rather have shit rolling uphill. That's uh, that's how the army does it, right? You complain. I remember the the famous Saving Private Ryan scene where he says, "I don't complain down, I complain up." You know, no. so you guys complain to me. You don't remember this? It's basically Tom Hanks. We never hear you complain about shit things. And he's like, "That's not my job. I complain to the people above me. You complain to me. I complain to them. They complain to the people uphill." Like that's so everything is uphill complaining. But shit rolling downhill. So. Kaz, after he, he survives the bay, he gets out and he's like, I'm going to do whatever it takes. He goes to like a, a gambling den, the lowest rung, and he's like, hey, give me a job. They're like, yeah, we have a kid that does, you know, all this shitty work here. And so he just goes and fucks up this kid. <laughs> he just like makes it so he can't walk to yeah, work. Yeah, cuts his feet with glass. Jeez. Yeah, I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> kind of a cutthroat way to do basically what someone just did to you. No, to it's them. a cut like, foot way. Yeah, oh, good point. Uh, Couldn't he think that that kid that he just did that to is now going to do the exact same thing that he's doing to Pekka Rollins? All right, I'm going to fucking ruin this guy's life now. Well, I think it says more about, you know, I might be getting too deep here, but I think it says more about like a societal picture of how people on the bottom tend to fuck each other over and the people on top stay on top. It's people scrambling over each other to, to get to the top, but the people at the top are fine. I like that. That's I don't deeper. know if that was intended, but also just the fact of like, how do you grab someone and just like you tickled someone's foot like a child or something like that? Like they're wily as fuck trying to get out of there. You start stabbing someone's foot with glass, like that's dark. That's some fucked up shit. I like Kaz. Kaz oh, I like is Kaz a, a lot. sicko. I also in the first scene when they're like explaining Kaz, like oh this guy walking in with his cane. I pictured Gandalf. Like, I was like, this is a super <laughs> old person. Yeah. Well, he's, he's Bill Belichick. He just keeps everything close to the vest, doesn't tell anyone his plans. You know, he's like, hey, you just do your job. Don't worry about me. I, I'll do what I do. You do your job. Mm. That's all he says. Yeah. You know? Yeah, good it's, point. He's a do-your-job guy. Plans for the wind in the, in the fourth quarter so we can get the punt return. Yeah, that's exactly right. Kaz also says, I love puzzles, but trickery is my native tongue, which... Yeah, some people might say that about Belichick, too. I wouldn't, but some people might say that. Hey, hey, bend the rules. Don't break them. <laughs> yes, exactly. Quick editor's note here. Previously, I said the Jennifer Love Hewitt show was Ghostwriter. I guess I was yelling loudly because I got a text from the SGF who said <laughs> this is actually Ghost Whisperer. The Ghost Whisperer is, that the, name, wrong. is the name of the TV show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ghost, that can't be a show. <laughs> Ghost Whispering Eye. Yeah, no, it's a terrible show where she basically, like rights to ghosts or something i don't remember it was so bad <laughs> but she's well, in it. she's she's good looking so yeah if you're 13 and you're in a pinch and this is pre-internet ghost whisper favorite scene what do we got i think one of my favorites was the dock fight which i just didn't see that coming at all and it kind of really set the tone for the whole book that hey anything could happen anyone could get injured anyone could Anything could happen at any point, right? Whereas I feel like 
before that it kind of had the, the traditional kind of arc of like okay we're getting the crew together here's the mission here's the thing now we're gonna go off that journey it's like nope now it's a big battle you're like wait what the hell like where did this happen you know so there's are you talking about once they get like out and they're going to their ship in the beginning of the book the they're going to the dock oh to yeah, get yeah, to the yeah. Boat. when when uh, yeah Inez and they gets, in this huge firefight yeah all the heroes should be on the boat ready to go yeah and the problems start when they get there. This is like already things are going falling apart. You never know what's going to happen, which I, I really like. That, yeah. that kind of set the tone. It was a little bit of uh, Usual Suspects. Have you ever seen that movie? Well, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, when they, they go to the boat, it's like, oh, they just got to like capture this guy or whatever. And all of a sudden, the boat's blowing up and shit like that. It's like, oh, they knew we were coming. <laughs> well, that's the climax of the movie. But yeah. Who is Kaiser Soche? <laughs> okay. I thought you were talking about at the end when they're like getting off because I was like, okay, that's classic book where like everything kind of works out but then nina pretty much turns into phoenix from the x-men yeah (laughs) and just like levitates off the ground and starts crumpling things and killing people so yeah i thought that was pretty cool it was my favorite scene but and i knew when they said earlier which i i appreciate a little leading whatever they call it in the literary world where they said, like, oh, you don't necessarily get addicted off your first dose. I was like, oh, Nina's definitely taking a dose at some point. She's going to get dosed yeah. up. Stock down drugs. Yeah, just stay away from them. <laughs> um, we'll just try it once. That's okay. Yeah, actually, yeah. Maybe that Maybe that would be the stock down. It's like whatever the messaging is of this book is like, you know, if you just do heroin once, it's fine. That's what Six of Crows taught me. My favorite scene, and I thought it was kind of a runaway. I was surprised that that you didn't mention it. Was the the Hellgate prison break to free Helvar? Because mm-hmm. it has a bit of a like Star Wars Jabba's palace vibe to it, but instead of like a rancor, they're fighting some of the world's most deadly animals. I mean, this jail just seems wild. We thought the Rock was cool. Like this jail seems absolutely absurd. It's just. They get their inmates to in, to enjoy privileges. It's like Gladiator. Yeah, but they have some level of agency. Like, it seems like they don't have to do it if they don't want to. But th- if they want to, they can sign up to go into the Gladiator pit with animals. You know, like these the world's deadliest animals. And it's not like real Gladiator in real life where they just, like, fed inmates to animals okay you versus a tiger and you have a stick it's like wait what it, it was they had the choice to go in and they didn't know they spun the roulette wheel talk about gambling they spun the roulette wheel and whatever it landed on also inej killing that like crazy monitor lizard giant thing was awesome yeah that Loved was savage it. so i just thought that whole prison break was cool in terms of it shows who kaz is and like how he can get these plans together mm-hmm. and also, I just pictured this as like this cavernous prison. <laughs> I'm going to keep talking movies here, but did you ever see um, Man in the Iron Mask with Leo? Yeah. Yeah. So that's the kind of prison I pictured it as. Just this like weird dungeony, super dark prison. But in the middle, there's this fighting pit. And I can only imagine as an inmate, because one, I would def- I'd be like, all right, I don't need any things from the commissary. I don't need any ramen noodles. I don't need TV time. I don't need conjugal visits. Like, I'm just going to watch. <laughs> I'm not here to... And you're betting on the side, Yeah, of bet on yeah. the side. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not putting myself out in the football world to get concussions, yeah. but damn, I'm going to sit on my couch and have a beer and enjoy it. So <laughs> so you'd uh, be one of the rich guys that went to watch those. Well, I'd be a prisoner for sure. Due, oh, okay. due, due to my gambling and drug addictions like we previously yeah, talked about. Yeah. 
Also, the name Hellgate for a prison. The Rock is good, but Hellgate Prison, pretty dang good. Like, yeah, might be good. better. Might be better. Hellgate. Let's pick our characters. We, I mean, we got a nice crew here. We got Cass Brecker, a.k.a. Dirty Hands. We got Inej Gaffa, our Suli Wraith. We got Wyland Van Eck, born with a silver spoon in his mouth that his dad seemingly beat him with. Likes to blow shit up. Matthias Halvar, our surly Fjerdin... Druskala, Druskala, Nina Zenik, Grisha Heartrender, who's a sucker for a good waffle, Jesper, who's a Zemini sharpshooter, can't stay away from a five-leg parlay, just like us, loves a good five-leg parlay, and also has, uh, has a touch of the Grisha in him, he's, he's been touched, he was touched by the Grisha, so uh, I, I figure your favorite character has to come from the crew, but if it doesn't, I'd be fascinated. No, it's, I mean, I liked all the characters, so it was really hard to, to narrow Even it down. Even Helvar? Helvar, I think, comes around. He's kind of like, um, what's the name from American History X, where you start to like him by the end. Edward Norton? Yeah, Edward Norton, where you're like, okay, I can see how someone can... <laughs> this racist become... isn't racist anymore. <laughs> well, you can see how someone could be brainwashed early on in oh, life yeah. where they, yeah. it would impact them. So you almost feel empathy for that. Yeah, and, and I think I'm going to get into this later, but this book does such a good job of giving us an understanding of how upbringing and circumstance has so much to do with people's personalities and i i really think at the end of the day it kind of tells you like give everyone an extra bit of rope or you know think of everything with a grain of salt whatever kind of terrible thing i'm trying to say what are those things called hang yourself with rope i don't know what you're saying <laughs> give someone a break you know the the idea of you don't really know what their background is you don't know what their mindset is if you're meeting someone, they probably have something interesting you'd learn from them kind of thing, as opposed to just judging a book by its cover. Matthias Halvar was was kind of a little too straight edge for me. That's fair. That's fair. Couldn't have a laugh. Not a guy I want to have a laugh with. Well, I went with my boy Jesper. I think I alluded to mm. him. I, liked, I just like the cut of his jib. He's super sarcastic. He's, he's just someone you'd want to hang out with. He seems like a happy-go-lucky. And then he loves a good fight. He loves a gamble. My type of guy. Yeah, I just I just seem to like uh, like the, what he was bringing to the table. Side note, I know we've talked a lot about gambling on this. So this is, I'm sure that's gambling and book crossover. You know, the the indexing for that is very very high. Is that the word index? I don't know, but the word I was thinking of earlier was idiom. That's what I meant to say. Yeah. Side note, we're dumb. Beginning, <laughs> they have a parlay, which is a meeting, but yeah. they describe a parlay as a deceptive engagement, which I'm like. That's correct. That's what parlays are. They are deceptive. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's, yeah. What about you? I'm probably so fucked in the head right now with with gambling stuff, considering it's football season, especially now when it's Thanksgiving, like maybe the best gambling week yeah, of, of the year. And if I think if I rewatched the Pirates of the Caribbean when they're like, I demand parlay, I'd be like, yeah, parlay, four legs, let's go. What do we got? <laughs> Come on, mix in some Moneyline dogs in here. Let's get that juice up. I'm with you. I think Jesper was my favorite. And I think we lean this way in general when we're judging favorites, but he just seemed like the best hang, you know? Didn't obviously had, everyone's got a lot of baggage in the crew, but he seemed like his baggage, he was at least like laughing about where no one else really was. <laughs> You know, everyone knows it's like a blood oath in order to do like kill or <laughs> yeah. do something. He's just like, eh, kind of just. He's just like, like I'm about to lose both of my pinkies to some <laughs> gambling hall, whatever. So I better do something because I got to get back in there and play some three card. 
uh yeah just sort of seemed like a good hang i think like i said earlier him and waylon wylan make a nice couple and i'd like to have them over for a dinner party just leave your guns at the door please we had explosive devices no explosive devices in my house let's jump into love hate keith we're talking about six of crows What'd you love about it? I really liked all the characters, like I said. Buddy, get out of my head. Seriously, get the fuck out of my head. They all had deep backstories. They're all they're all likable, even though I, I think most books, even if someone's not flawed or is just too perfect or too much of a superhero, I just don't like them immediately. But all these people had flaws that made sense. They all had a certain upbringing, a certain way of thinking based off of that. And they've all, they were all shaped by that. Really, really appreciated that. A couple other ones, just uh, Nina dominating Matt and Tyus in the debate. I really like that scene. I don't remember, but he's like, you guys don't deserve to be on Earth because you have like these powers. And she's mm. like, hmm, you mean, well, like, what about you guys? You guys are weak, like pieces of shit. You guys deserve to be on Earth. Like, maybe we should kill all of you guys off. It's like, that's a good point. That's She's making a better point than he is. Why would we kill off the people that are not as strong and, and, and they're weaker and not as good as, as something? Like, what? that doesn't make any sense. Her argument makes perfect sense. <laughs> if there's one thing that it seems like is not okay in the book is, like, just zealotry. You know, just kind of, like, following something blindly because it's part of your religion or part of your culture or whatever unless it's a sports team but yeah go on sure if it's <laughs> if it's something innocuous that doesn't matter then yeah, yeah. Why, why not who cares you know you're not hurting anybody by no. unless you actually are being well like, yeah i'm <laughs> stabbing anyone that's a fan yeah. of their team but other than that yeah, it was funny because they showed that nfl game in mexico on monday night and the different sections were like caged off and I was like, what the fuck? Why is that? And I realized, oh, this is a soccer stadium in Mexico. So those guys are like Green Street hooligans. <laughs> Fucking, we're like 20 movie references deep. But these people will fight each other, you know, for pride of the, of their own team, which I would never do. I mean, I, I love the Patriots, don't get me wrong. But if there was like a Jets fan who was like, fuck the Patriots, I'd be like, yeah, man, whatever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I don't care. Does not bother me one bit. Um, but yeah, the zealotry stuff just, just doesn't fly unless it's, uh, something that doesn't matter, but I'm with you. Like one of, you know, my first love here is the crew. I mean, the different perspectives because, you know, all the characters are quite diverse. The interesting part is because the way that she writes this with it being different perspectives, it's not told from third party. It's not from a, mm-hmm. one person perspective. You get to understand how the diversity of the cast and their life experiences matter to them, you know, how they see things differently. Because the same thing's happening to everyone, but you see them differently. And I think bottom line, it just tells you, I feel like there's one message here. It's just that perspective matters. Yeah. You know, you might have the same ultimate goal, which is like to get this money, get that, get that bag boy. But the way you go about it and the way you approach it and think about it is totally different because people are different and that's something that should be embraced. It came across just so naturally and in a fun way. It didn't, it wasn't like preachy or anything. It was just interesting. I have a question for you. What do we think about the world, this world building situation? Like the Gishaverse, um, Ketterdam, the different nations, that kind of thing. I'm not sure how familiar are, but this is uh this was basically uh books that were written after she wrote the original Geishaverse books. I didn't know that. No. Well, there's Shadow and Bone, right? Yeah. So she wrote Shadow and Bone, which is a exists in the Geishaverse 
universe. Yeah. So, like, she references a lot of areas that were initially written about in that book. Yeah, we got Ravka, Fierda, Shuhan, Kirch, Novi Zem. So I read one of the. I read that book after these, and I, for me, I didn't really like him as much. You definitely don't need to read those to read this one and understand everything. So. Uh, but I really thought the the world bidding was great. You know, I, I was wondering because I had this is my second go, and then I'd also watched the TV show. I was wondering if how you your is your first time reading it, how you saw those things. Did it like instantly kind of make sense for you, or is no. it, was it like catching up? Yeah, so it didn't make a lot of sense for me. I felt like I was coming into a world that had existed that. I was still trying to catch up with. There was things that were referenced that I was like, wait, what? Like, what's the Wandering Isle? But a lot of fancy books do that. No, though, and, like, and I get just it. Like, totally. I don't know what this place is. <laughs> and, and and that's what we love about fantasy in general yeah. is that then you can dig deeper. And so when I realized yeah. like, oh, this is just part of a whole different like series of books. Like this is like um, uh, Rogue One. You know, if you just saw Rogue mm-hmm. One, you'd be like confused. It's like, wait, what is this? And it's like, no, there's this whole Star Wars universe. Like, you got to dive into it. Well, Star Wars also leans heavily into the past stuff. So you almost couldn't watch like half the Star Wars stuff without seeing the originals. Yeah, well, I hope that's the case. Yeah, like you should because the OGs are great. But I, I did feel a little behind the eight ball when it came to like this because they kind of just say places and then like move on because it wasn't about that. So... You know, especially when it came to the Grisha situation, because they're like basically witches. There's like three orders, the Corporalki, the Etherealki, the Materialki. And I was like, and then within each of those, the, the, like the magical powers are like, or the abilities, whatever, are like tons of them. So I was very confused as to like how that worked which I figured we get more in the other books. But at the same time, it didn't take away from it. I just, if anything, it made me be like, hmm, maybe like I should get more into this universe. So I thought it was a cool setting. It just, it wasn't fleshed out in this particular book. Gotcha. Yeah, I think maybe because I've read more on this, then it just, when the reread, it was much more enjoyable because I didn't have to, you just kind of clicked, oh, that's that, that's that. I didn't have to think about it as much. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, well, what did you hate about it? I, I think I mentioned I already thought it was a little bit more YA than um, I remember it being. Red Rising, because I read this and Red Rising around the same time, and I was like, reading's the best. This is awesome, because <laughs> they were very good YA books. But this one was more a little bit more YA. Red Rising was a little bit less than I remember. But it was still still great. I will also say, and even though this, this isn't a hate, it's actually a like that there was a lot of more love than I remember, but I actually liked it. I actually thought it was it added good elements to it. I don't remember Dirty Hands being such so like in love with Inesh in the so first book. So you're saying this because I'm true. sorry, this is your second read of this book. You've yes, read this yeah. book before because I was like, wait, Red Rising, we read that. Yeah, I read it a couple of years ago when I first read Red Rising. Okay, cool. So you don't remember Kaz being like, Inesh! Oh. Yeah, yeah. He was definitely more lovey-dovey. I mean, outwardly, if you were showing it in a show, which they already did a show on this, mm-hmm. but we'll talk about that. Outwardly, he looks, you would think, oh my God, this guy has no emotions. He doesn't feel anything for anyone. But yeah, that was, it. I, again, not a complaint. I think it was just second reading is a little different. Well, just to touch quickly on that, I thought the Nina Matthias relationship was a good way to approach a relationship in a book. It wasn't over the top. Obviously, they cared for each other greatly and they had different viewpoints. It was used as a vehicle to explain other things as opposed to just being like a focus, which I appreciated. In terms of my hates, 
I mean, I like the book, so I didn't have a lot to hate, but come on. <laughs> Seriously, come on. The crew is all between 16 and 18, and I know you have to grow up fast on the mean streets, but these guys are all the top of their game at like 16 and 18. I mean, Kaz came out of, you know, his floating brother climbed up the ladder into the barrel and in five years is like, it's like he did the matrix download. Like he's just like the greatest fighter, the greatest con man, the greatest card player. It's like, you're 17 years old. He's 17. Like I said, I know you got to grow up fast. But how fast can you possibly grow up? The age complaints don't make sense to me. You you see that one time. It's not really reference other than that. Other than that, he's just younger than like the mob bosses. Everyone's you know I mean? sixteen like, to eighteen in the crew. Everyone. But I don't he's think a that, demolition who cares? expert. You, what if you said they're thirty? You know, like I, like sure. that's what I when I read it, I don't think of them as seventeen. But I just he think is seventeen. You know, it doesn't matter whether you but think of cares? it. Who cares? I'm just saying. Jesper, I mean, Game of Thrones. They had like four year olds that were gonna like that were like banging people. So I don't know. Like, were you worried about it in that? That's not Game of Thrones. That's the guy from Subway's Hard Drive. All right. Yeah. <laughs> There's a clip for the kids. <laughs> but uh, classic. Jesper's a perfect shot. It's like, how do you do that? Like. M- ammo costs money he's naturally gifted uh, that's why yeah i guess so so everyone's super the only person that i kind of get is a nege where she has like the dick grayson robin from batman for those the that, are, Martin, that are for those that are interested <laughs> where she like grew she grew up as an acrobat like she has that background of like oh, okay like she's a basically a born ninja like she has been practicing since she was four years old i mean you don't think kaz has put his ten thousand hours in he like started going to the gangs when he's nine He's put his 10,000 hours in. Yeah, but like how many fights can you get into? How but, many people's but also, feet can you would cut? it change your opinion if he did, if he were 12 when he started doing that and he's now 30? Like, again, yes, what is like... it would. But what does it matter? But it has nothing to do with the plot. There's the age gap or the age... Them being that young... Just, just say it's fantasy, and they're actually thirty-year-olds. The, the, the sun goes around the, this earth in this fantasy world at a different rate. Like, what does it matter? It you doesn't. Know? The age itself doesn't matter. Just the amount that's of what time. That's I'm saying to like perfect these skills there i'm just that's why i read it as like they're 30 and then it doesn't then literally none of that matters okay. it well, doesn't matter it's at the all. ice court not the ice palace it just came to me but how all of these guys <laughs> and gals can like break into the ice court and do all this crazy stuff and somehow get out alive against thousands of trained warriors and they're all teenagers it's i'm sorry this is the goonies you know it's not gonna work like that so Hate, hate, hate. I, I saw that complaint before for other people. I just don't, I don't get that. I get other ones, like character flaws I get where it's just like, this person's too perfect or this is unrealistic. But to be like, oh, the age thing. You know what I hate? You're pre-researching my hates no, to come I back saw. You're pre-researching. <laughs> yeah. I hate that. Don't pre-research No, me. that was the only, I saw reviews because this is a 4.5 on Goodreads. Yeah, it's a great And book. I was like. And I'm like, oh, I wonder what people don't like about it. Maybe it's just like a two YA for people or something. And then people are like, oh, it's so unrealistic that they're this young doing this stuff. I'm like, what? Who cares? Don't get me wrong. Like, what does that I'm matter? looking for hates here. I didn't. If we were watching a movie and they're 17, I agree. But but it's in my head. I make the characters up in my head. What do I care if they're 17 or Buddy, not? this is Spy Kids. This is what this is. It's just a bunch <laughs> of fucking kids taking on the world's most dangerous criminals. That's Spy it. Kids. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, it's That's baby fair. Gen- I'm trying to baby think of a counter. 
I mean, kid, you read Mitch Rapp's uh, origin story. That book is not that good. But he was the best of all time when he was like 22. Yeah, of course you, he you was. You're going to question Mitch Rapp? You're going to question Mitch Rapp Mitch now? Rapp was seven feet tall and shoot fireballs <laughs> yeah. from his arms. <laughs> I mean, I'm guessing William Wallace was like 18. No, but it's, you know, it's not a hate. It's just, I'm just trying to say. Yeah, William Wallace lived until he's 35, kid. <laughs> so basically he was battling when he was like 20. Yeah, of course he was. But that's Scotland. Um, Sons of Scotland. <laughs> Uh, listener mail, what do we got? You've got mail. Nikki from Nashville, which oh, I, I like the, the alliteration there. I like the alliteration there. very much myself. Okay, so in the book, Inej climbs up the heated shaft all the way to the top. Would you rather... Oh, pardon? <laughs> would you rather have that journey, like her feet melting on her shoes yeah. and whatnot? I'm, I'm not even in context gloves, here. Yeah. yeah. The Shawshank Redemption. Hers. Hers. <laughs> hers. <laughs> See, I actually disagree with that because... I think the first five minutes or first like minute in the poop tunnel. Yeah. It would be the worst minute of your life. You throw up like six times. And then after that, you just be, it'd be normalized. You're like, I'm just. Yeah. Well, the human body is quite amazing in that it, it normalizes stuff quite quickly. It's amazing. And it's bad because like when wonderful things are happening to us, we like make those, we normalize those and we don't appreciate the little things, but a shit tunnel. And I mean, like, when I mean tunnel, I don't mean, like, the tunnel, like, she loves lair. I mean a pipe. Like, I am claustrophobic as well. I just wouldn't be able to make it. Like, I would I would just die. I would curl up in the shit ball and die. <laughs> That'd be the worst place to Yeah, die. exactly. And, and my story but would be that I died in the shit, too. The, and Nash thing is worse because it's physical pain. So you basically have to... She's. Have you ever like had to hold something that's super heavy? Like, like moving a couch, but it's, like, 90 degrees in the summer? Mm-hmm. And you're just, your arms are getting more and more and more tired, and you're, you start to feel a little drop of sweat coming down from your forehead, and you can't scratch it. Yeah. That was her for, like, going up a fucking tunnel, having to physically exert herself for that long. I understand. And if you know if you sneeze, you die. I understand. Like, that would be a thousand you times You tell me the me. whole argument. I get it. It's There's yeah. nothing. My biggest fear is that poop tunnel. <laughs> it's literally my biggest okay. fear. So. Well, I think it was a good question. I think there, it is. A, it our is. listeners, call in. Uh, let us know. Email in. Let us know what, which uh, which tunnel you'd be really <sighs> rather uh, go go up or down. <sighs> yeah. The poop and, the poop tunnel or the, yeah. <laughs> the poop chute or the... Uh, <laughs> and the poop chute is definitely down. I guess we can cast the movie. I'm not, I mean, we'll talk about it. But so Netflix adapted Lee Bardugo's Shadow and the Bone trilogy and Six of Crows into a series. Many of the characters are present, but I don't think they've done this particular story yet. Yeah, they're going to do a, I think this season they're doing one. So that, the, like they're setting that's it up the second for season? Yeah. So the first yeah. season was this other Shadow and Bone stuff. Shadow and Bone. How yeah. many characters from this book are in there? I think all of them are in it. I think they showed the basically the backstories of all the characters almost. Oh, so they're cool. all was in it, it somehow in the universe. It was it was fine. It was very very PG. Yeah. It was very. Yeah, uh, it was made for like young adults. It was made for like thirteen year olds. Like it wasn't made. I want Kaz to be fucking dirty hands, but they made him like super mushy i'm really like i'm hard on the outside but that's because i have feelings you know mm. it's like yeah. like ugh, yeah come on he's Kaz supposed to cutthroat cut yeah. yeah yeah exactly god we're on the same page today um yeah <laughs> so i did cast recast it but since i'm not i i have a brain i can see, see these characters as older than 18 <laughs> and so i made them fucking normal ages i just said no i'm gonna do whatever i thought they were in my head yeah so and i'll give you a perfect example because this is what i thought when i was reading the whole time Matthias, that's that's Jason Momoa. That's oh, who it is. Yeah. That's the yeah, that's yeah, the character. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
So that's who I was thinking of the whole time. I didn't think of an 18 year old. I just thought, oh, Jason Momoa is being like, uh, is a fucking huge, fucking manly, attractive dude that is, what, 35, 40 in real life? You might be older than that. I don't know. Jason Momoa also with like, like the white hair, because he's got like white hair, the Fjordan, who are really just like Norwegian, really. That would be cool to see. With his beautiful eyes, I would, I'd be into mm-hmm. it. I'd be into it. And then I'll run through the other ones. Again, these are all not age-specific. His counterpart, Nina Zenik, Scarlett Johansson, voluptuous, flirty. I mean, it's just too easy. It's really too easy. I think Nina's a little bit huskier than Scarlett Johansson. What does that mean? She's got more <laughs> she's, meat on the boat. She's a wolf? Oh, does she? Yeah. I thought, isn't Scarlett Johansson voluptuous? Is that, that's the word I think. Yeah, I would think that, but I also think that it's, it's not... Sp- I think the cast doesn't necessarily need to be, like, the most beautiful of people. Like, I think... Well, she is supposed to be a seductress. That's true. That's true. Okay. Like, she turned a dude that could not be turned. All right. You better accept it. (laughs) Kaz is... Give me Jake uh, Gyllenhaal from the the movie uh, Prisoners. Give me that version. That's who I want Kaz to be. You know what I'm talking about? Uh, Jake Gyllenhaal from the Prisoners? I haven't seen it. You haven't seen Prisoners? Really? That's... uh, Add it to the list? That is... I, I, that's move that to the top of the Whoa, list. I, that's okay. one of my favorite. Right, I really think that's a really here. good movie. Yeah, he's uh, he's like a just a psycho in that. Him and Hugh Jackman both Ooh, are great in like that. Like them both. Okay, go on. Jasper Will Smith. I mean, give me give me Will Smith from Wild Wild West. <laughs> that's who this is. <laughs> wiki wiki wow wiki wow wow. <laughs> Jim West Desperado <laughs> Rough Rada. And then Inej, I just did. I'm gonna butcher this name. Dilshad Vadasaria. She's in. Uh, I just think uh, she's in. I watched her in the TV show Greek way back when. <laughs> so I don't know if you know that show. <laughs> or 30 Minutes Dilshad or Less. Dilshad Viseria? Yeah. I, I see her on the internet. Dilshad. I see yeah. her on the internet. I just, I just remember her from those shows. I liked her. Checks out. That's a deep pull. Good for you. That's a deep pull. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I was picturing in my mind. So uh, I didn't do Wiling just because I think anyone could be Wiling, honestly. I think that's a good cast. Let's get $200 million behind this thing. And that's what we need. We do don't it. need this mushy shit. So Six of Crows, Keith, would you recommend it to listeners and friends? Maybe around the Thanksgiving table. Yeah, I I, I really liked it. I mean, that's, I suggested it, so obviously I'm going to uh, say it's great. I'm putting it in my top uh, top 10. It's going in top 10. I, I'll have to determine where that is. I think think it would be number five spot, potentially, number four. Oh. I, I liked it a lot. So I like this world building. I like the the fast-pacedness. I like the the audiobook's amazing, I think. Yeah, it's just, it just good. really brings it to life. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a big big proponent i like the book i'd recommend it i don't think it breaks my top 10 because it doesn't finish you know i i need a book that finishes because now i gotta read the next one you know yeah i'll give you that it was it did finish the treasure hunt. yeah the heist the heist i thought it was a good book i would totally recommend it. i think it it is it's a fantasy beach read so i kind of like baby yeah so (laughs) even though it's 16 hours it goes by pretty fast um and the story itself was was fun the characters are great i mean i I thought it had a lot of interesting messaging too where it was like not in your face and it was just like hey there's this heist and it makes you actually think about stuff so i like that too you know all of it Cool. So yeah, Six of Crows. Definitely read it, peeps. Definitely read it. And uh, we're moving on next. We're going to stay in the fantasy verse and in the YA, maybe even more YA, OG YA. And we're going to be reading J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit, which Keith recommended this. And I think this was his biggest mistake because 
if we're reading the hobbit he left the door open he left the door (laughs) wide open (laughs) for a like 12 episode lord of the rings pod you do you know who who is the audiobook narrator by the way for the hobbit yeah no who is it it's your boy andy circus oh what that must be the new one that's amazing we're listening or reading The Hobbit next. I'm going to read it because I have a hard copy. So, Although the Andy Circus sounds really good. Shit. Uh, we'll, we'll see how it works out. But uh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, happy Thanksgiving. Always good yep. to talk to you. To everyone out there, happy Thanksgiving. Bye now. Bye now. Bye now.